There's that old death rattle. God damn. God damn! Uh, we're all getting fucking coronavirus over here. I've certainly got a corona and a virus. And I hope to have only one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish I even had a corona. I don't. I just have coffee. Yeah. This is what her fucking life as moms have turned to. I know. Like, do you want a beer? It'll just make me sleepy. Let's just drink coffee. (laughs) Unless I can have like four, then I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get smashed. Isn't that like an alcoholic? Yeah. I'm proud of it. (laughs) I'm okay with it. I only drink when I'm going to get hammered. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want it just like for the flavor. (laughs) Well, I don't need a beer to get sleepy. No. I'm fucking tired all the time. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, Erin. Hey, Stace. How's that uh, face of yours feeling? Fucking awful. I don't know what we're going to do around here. We're either constantly dying of a cold. Yep. Or shit is going to shit in our lives. Yep. So here we are again, like two days before our episode (laughs) is due. (laughs) It makes me feel like we're very in touch with the people. I was going to say the exact same thing. Like we're talking about coronavirus and it's not already irrelevant. Not that it would be within a week's time anyway, but. (laughs) Right. But it's not like two weeks out. Yeah. Yeah. Like you want a face mask? Sorry. Can't get one. Yeah, exactly. Ain't got none of those. We're on top of the fucking pop culture references. Yeah. What else happened today? Stock market is fucking shit. It's probably doing stuff. <laughs> no, it's definitely doing bad things. Oh, is it? God oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not good. This is how much of a not adult I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I work at a very corporate company that it's like on all the fucking news channels and the break rooms and shit and everybody in the elevator's like, did you see the market today? <laughs> oh, my God, I would kill myself. <laughs> Literally, I'd be like, why isn't this on Investigation Discovery? <laughs> We're on break. <laughs> We're supposed to be having a good time. Yeah, who wants to fucking watch CNN? God, or yeah. Or Fox News. None of those things. Brandon has the news on at home, and I'm like, what are you doing? That's because he's a dad now. I don't like it. They have to watch the news. <laughs> it's like how they have to have shit shoes. They yeah. have to watch the news. Well, and then every time I like sit down and the news is on in my home for whatever reason, because my husband is now a dad, Yeah, I get so into it where it's like, a tour bus flipped over. <laughs> Did you see this? A tour bus flipped over. And he's like, yeah, they played that an hour ago. And I'm like, then why the fuck are we still watching it? <laughs> Change it. <laughs> anyway, so hey, Aaron, welcome to episode 78. Holy crap. Yeah. Is it? Yep, it is. No, it's 77. God damn it. Are you sure? <laughs> well, that's what we both wrote. All right, listen, whatever. Welcome to 77. That's a good number. That's They're my all favorite good. number, twice. <gasps> is it? Seven. Aww. Seven's on sevens, baby. Get it, girl. <laughs> so what's your goddamn? Well, it's that I'm fucking dying again. Yeah, what the I, fuck? I never got better. I never got over my flu slash whatever the fuck was happening before. And then now I'm sick again because my sweet little baby boy was like, hey, mom, I got to tell you a secret into your mouth. Or however you get colds. I don't know. He licked me in the face and I'm fucking sick again. <laughs> He poked his dirty ass fingers into your eyeball. Yeah, that's yeah. called like fucking reoccurring pneumonia or some shit. I'm convinced that we're all going to die. It's possible. Ugh. My secondary goddamn is that my kid told me I have an awesome butt. Aww. <laughs> and it made me laugh. <laughs> I don't know why. Awesome butt. I was getting dressed and he said, Mommy, it's your butt. And I was like, Yeah. And he goes, It's awesome. And then <laughs> Thanks, he hugged dude. it. And Aww. I was like, Appreciate you, motherfucker. You have to tell him all about that shit when he gets older. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'll tell his first girlfriend. He's always been an ass man. 
surprised uh, he's with you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Stacey, what's your goddamn? Oh, man. So we've got some, like, shit going on at my house where we're having our foundation repaired. Woo, woo. Yes. And so we finally have the construction worker people coming in and they're like mapping out what the fuck they're going to do. Oh shit. And so I had to work from home this week and the guys come and they're like spray painting everything and they're like, yeah, we're just going to knock out all this shit and fucking dig up this thing and like, you know, fuck your shit up over here. And I'm like, uh-huh, that sounds wonderful. Take my money, right? Yeah. Are they spray painting it like fucking Fern Gully where they're marking the trees they're going <laughs> to cut down? Excess. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Or every time I see somebody with a spray paint can, it makes me think of Beetlejuice when they're like walking through the house with their little designer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Olo. And he's like spray painting everything like, get rid of this wallpaper. <laughs> That's what I think of. Anyway. I think of Fringully. Totally not relevant. <laughs> Nearly the same time, but. Basically. Yeah, same point in my childhood. But, so, they're all fucking, you know, getting everything ready, and they're like, hey, just so you know, we're going to have to go on the side of your house, like, go through my gate that leads into my backyard. Yeah. Is that okay? And I'm like, hey, absolutely. (laughs) And then they do their shit, and they're like, thanks, Stace, later, loser. And I'm like, see you later, fucking Todd, whatever. Yeah, you already know where this is going, huh? Oh, no. And I let the dogs out to go to the bathroom. No! And... I'm on the phone with Lee, like, mm, I don't know, like 10 minutes later. He calls and he's like, hey, how'd everything go? And I'm like, uh, went fucking splendid. They spray painted shit everywhere. And he's like, what they spray paint? And then I walk to the front of the house to be like, hey, you know what? I didn't actually look to see if they like spray painted fucking words or were they just spray painting my plants? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So I looked outside and Chelsea's dumb little face is out on the curb. And she like hears me on the phone with Lee because I had all the windows open. Yeah. She hears me on the phone. And she, like, looks up really fast, like, oh, shit, I'm about to get busted. And then takes off. And then takes off. Fuck. And I'm like, gotta go, bye. (laughs) Yeah, because this is Lee's precious little baby. Oh, yeah, this is Lee's dog. And I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like, this is his biggest fear. She doesn't have a collar on or anything (gasps) because we take it off at night because it rattles. And, like, we took it off one night and just never put it back on. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. So I ran outside. microchipped? No. Oh, my God. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Goober is, but I've never, like, reactivated it. So who knows if they could find me. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be like, someone owned him. (laughs) Yeah, but he's never going to run away. Chelsea, on the other hand, is like, it's been nice. See you later, alligator. Deuces, I'll come back when I'm hungry, probably. exactly. Okay, so I run outside. Now picture, I'm in my PJs at this point. Like, guys have left. I've put on my PJs. Yeah. Messy bun. I've probably rubbed my eyes like 800 times. So makeup everywhere. No shoes on. And I run out. And I'm like, Chelsea, come here. And she's not listening. And I'm like, come here. Like, slapping my legs, like, all excited. Like, look, it's so fun. We're just playing, right? Yeah. And she's like, nope. And then she zooms up towards, like, a really busy street. Because our little neighborhood is right off a really busy street. So she zooms up there. And I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. And I run inside and I'm like panicking and I grab like treats and I'm like, she's not going to come to me even with treats. And yeah. so I grab my car keys, which took me forever to find. Uh-huh. And then I hop in my car and when I get in my car, I can't see her anywhere. So I just drive up towards the busy street <gasps> and I have all the windows down and I'm like yelling for her and she's nowhere to be found. And so uh-huh. I start looking around kind of the neighborhood, like I make a right and my, it's kind of like a big old block so I can make a loop back around to my house. Yeah. And so I make a right into this busy little shopping center and she is not there and I'm like, fuck dude I totally lost her like she ran across the street she got hit by a car I don't fucking know so then I was looping back around to my house to go the opposite direction like go left instead of right 
And as I loop back around into my neighborhood, there's Chelsea's little face like down the street close to that busy like yeah. busy street but she's just like smelling around in somebody's yard having a good old time Ugh. and so like i pull up really fast on her and i learned a long time ago bitch won't come for treats she won't come if you're like come here come here come here but if you pull up in a car and open the door and say want to go for a ride she loses her goddamn mind <laughs> and so i like pulled up really fast and she cowered like oh shit what's going on here and then i was like chelsea you want to go for a ride and she jumped in all excited like yay mom oh my god and she's this big old clumsy ass dog who cannot ride in a car to save her life so yeah. then now i'm trying to flip a bitch in my tiny little street of a neighborhood yeah and every time i'm like reversing and going forward she's like slapping against the, the dash and flopping around eating the treats that i had had with me to like lure her in so she thinks she got a fucking like prize for escaping yeah it was a good time she got a reward oh my god it was such a shit show oh that's a disaster but thank fuck i found her because i i would have to i wouldn't be allowed to come home until i found her yeah <laughs> pack your bags and oh you move god. out. i would have been so sad like lee would have been heartbroken <laughs> dude I knew exactly where that was going because that literal thing happened to me when we had people working on our house. They just left the gate open. Like wide open. Yeah. At least try to, I understand if you pull it shut and the wind blows it. But like you know that, that you have dogs. They know you have dogs. Yeah. They were barking nonstop. I assume that. Yeah. And these people that were working on our house, they knew we had dogs and we always let the dogs out before they got there. Well, one day they got there early oh. and we didn't look and we just like opened the door and we were standing right there and, but you can't see where the gate is from where we were standing and we're just yeah, like, the they've opening. been gone for a hot minute. <laughs> like, I wonder where they are. And so we went around the corner and then there's the workers with this just fucking like dumb look on their face. Like, uh, your dogs just got out. <laughs> they went that way uh. and they're like pointing down the hill and we're like, are you fucking kidding me? And we don't have collars on them either because we're awful people and yep. They don't like to wear them. They scratch. Yeah. And so, of course, my dogs don't go anywhere that you can get by, like, car because we live by a canyon. So they, like, go across the canyon into this other fucking neighborhood that you have to, like, drive fucking around. It takes, like, a hot second to get there. So then your dogs are for sure gone. They just live with the coyotes. Exactly. (laughs) And you could tell, like, Carl is a good dog. Hank is a little shit stain. And Hank is the one that was like, let's fucking go. And Carl (laughs) is like, I'm going to stay with him. But, like, he kept looking back at us, like, as he's trotting away. But he kept looking back, like, I don't want to go, Mom. <laughs> I think I should stay with him to make sure he stays safe. Yeah. I'll bring him back. God. Oh, and then Carl. fucking Carl looks aggressive as hell. And so my worst fear is that he's going to get, like, shot or some shit. Yeah, or, like, put down somewhere. Because he's cool with other dogs until they're, like, not cool with him. And then yeah. he's like, oh, okay, well, you're going to die now. So Yeah, because I'm massive and I yeah, can kill you. <laughs> exactly. Or, like, if a dog tries to mount him or something, then he's like, not today, motherfuckers. Yeah. Top of the food chain, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. All right. Are you ready for our stories? I'm ready for yours. Okay, good. That's specifically what I meant to ask, but you know. Okay. Okay, let's do this. Lay it on me. All right. I'm going to tell you about the Lynn family murders. All right. In July of 2009, in North Epping, New South Wales, Australia. Whoa. I said them all. Yeah, you did. In a row. (laughs) 45-year-old Norman Lynn and his 45-year-old wife, Lily Lynn. They're both 45. (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) They lived with their three children, Brenda, who was 16, their oldest daughter, Henry, who was 12, and Terry, who was 7. Okay. They also shared a home with Lily's younger sister, Irene, who was 39. Got it. So full house. Yep. Just around the block, Norman's sister, Kathy, lived with her husband, Robert. And the families were like really close and they spent a lot of time together. 
That sounds nice. That's about all I know about their backgrounds. Okay. (laughs) On Friday, July 17th, 2009, both of the families had met up at Norman and Kathy's parents' house. So to the kids, that would be their grandparents on their dad's side. Okay, yeah. So they meet up at their grandparents' house, or their parents' house, and they have their weekly Friday night family dinners. Oh, this sounds like a really close-knit family. It's so wholesome, right? Yeah. Just wait. (laughs) Okay. The whole family was there except for Lily and Irene because Norman and Lily, had like, they ran this successful family-owned news agent in Sydney, and that night both Lily and Irene were working there. So the whole family was there except for the mom and the aunt. Okay. The family has dinner, and by 10 p.m., everyone goes home, and Robert, the kids' uncle, he drops the two younger boys off at home around 10.30 p.m. before heading home himself. Now, I don't know why. I looked at a couple articles. I don't know why the dad didn't just take the kids home. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know if maybe they all rode together because they lived right around the block, right? So maybe maybe the uncle just drove and the dad was also with them. But in these articles, it specifically stated that the Uncle Robert took the kids home after dinner and dropped them off at home. Okay. I feel like they would have mentioned the kids and the dad. I forgot to mention. Okay. (laughs) Let me tell you the story all out of order. I forgot to mention that there were only two kids there that night because their older sister, Brenda, she was actually on a school trip that week. Okay. So it was the dad, the Uncle Robert the Aunt Catherine, and then the two kids. Okay. Terry and Henry. Got it. Okay. So they get dropped off at home, right? That night, Lily and Irene, they come home from work, and the whole family goes to bed. It's like a normal night at the house. I'm assuming the dad is there also, Norman. Yeah. Again, none of the articles say anything, but he's there. Got it. Allegedly. Then Saturday morning rolls around, and Kathy, Norman's sister, she starts to get phone calls from concerned customers at that news agent shop that they run that it hadn't been open that morning, and that seemed kind of odd because they were always open. Yeah. And so concerned, Kathy and her husband, Robert, they rush over to Norman and Lily's house, and they knock on the door. Okay. When they didn't get an answer, they tried the knob, and they realized that the door's unlocked. Uh-oh, that's never a good sign. Not a good sign at all. They walk in, and they start calling out like, hey, everybody, where the fuck are you? (laughs) And no one replies. And so suspicious, Kathy walks up the stairs to her brother's bedroom, and that's where she's met with the most horrific crime scene ever. Oh, no. Bum, 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 bum. I mean, I kind of gave it away with Lynn family murders, but. Well. Yep. You know. We know. (laughs) Lily was laying in a giant pool of blood with what appeared to be wounds caused by, like, a severe beating or bludgeoning. Oh, God. Yeah. Across the hall, slumped against the bedroom wall, they found Lily's sister Irene, and she was also covered in blood with severe head wounds, similar to Lily's. Yeah. More horrifyingly, buckle up. Oh, I don't like it. In the children's bedroom, it was obvious that both Henry and Terry had met the same fate as their mother and their aunt, because there was blood splatters all over the room, Ugh. and It indicated that they were aware of the attack and that they had tried to escape and they were running away while they were being murdered. Oh my God, that's so sad. It's so sad. Like all the articles were like, dude, okay. So like Lily's room, shit got cray. Irene's room, same thing, not good. But those, that children's room, they were like, there's blood everywhere. Like they were trying to get out of there. It was a brutal attack. Oh, fuck. Well, they probably heard their freaking parents and... Yeah. Wait, Lily or parents? Lily. Okay. They heard an attack in the two other rooms. Exactly. So they knew something was going on and they tried to run away and the person Uh obviously got them. Uh Uh-huh. I'm getting real suspicious of you Norman Bates. (laughs) 
So Norman is nowhere to be found. Uh Uh-huh. And Kathy calls the police right away and tells them that she needs someone at her brother's house immediately and she thinks that somebody has murdered her family. You think? Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. I mean, they almost play like wrote out her verbiage, like verbatim. And it was like, I think someone might have murdered my family. I'm not positive. But I guess. (laughs) No, but there are pieces in different areas. This poor lady, man, like she just saw some shit, man. Yeah, you're not wrong. I probably wouldn't be real coherent either. No, you'd be like, ah, I guess the like beatings were so severe that you couldn't really tell exactly what had happened. You just saw blood everywhere. Oh, that's awful. On the triple zero call, which I guess is their 911 in Australia. uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. All right. So on the triple zero call to police, Kathy can be heard speaking in Cantonese to Robert, begging him not to leave her alone at the crime scene with her murdered family and to wait until the police arrive. So it sounds like Robert's trying to fucking leave. Yeah. And it turns out that Robert is insistent that he has to leave to go get to her parents' house to pick them up. Pick them up. Weird, right? I don't know if it's because it's like, oh my God, their fucking whole family just got murdered. Let's go get them and let them know. And like bring them here? Yeah, but like his wife is like, dear God, don't leave me right now. Like the police are on their way. I don't want to be alone here. Like stay with me. Yeah. Also, don't you have a cell phone? Maybe give him a call. Yeah. Give him a little ring a ding. Yeah. Uh, But he's like, nope, I got to go. I got to go get your parents. This is weird. He leaves. Very weird. Getting a little suspicious here, Robert. Very suspicious. Police come and they process the crime scene and they find blood everywhere. Like I was saying, it's on the walls, on the banister, on the ceiling, on doorknobs. There's literally footprints in the blood from the killer all over the floor. What size shoe was it? Oh, I'm going to get to that. Ooh, girl. So it's like a lot to process, right? The police are like, fuck, shit's about to be a busy day. Yeah, let's, let's close this crime scene down. Yep, and process some shit. Yeah. As they're going through the scene, the police find that Lily's body is naked from the waist up, Uh. and she's lying in the bed at an angle. And this is when they realize that under the blanket is Norman's body, Oh, and that he was actually a victim of the crime as well. They find him laying on the bed covered by a duna, which I guess is the Australian version of a duvet. Okay. (laughs) Like, you know how we have fucking fancy-ass feather blankets and you have to put them in a duvet yeah yeah that's the best i could find because i was like i'm sorry the fuck is a duva <laughs> or duna a what a duna <laughs> a duna i'm probably saying it wrong it's like do no like d-o d-o-o oh no you're totally saying it right yeah duna it's a duna where's the duna <laughs> that was very canadian <laughs> it was <laughs> okay so the couple's bodies were staged in like a V shape on the bed. Like it was evident that the killer then like, you know, bludgeoned them to death and then laid Norman under the blanket in a like angle and then laid Lily on top of the blankets in an angle too that made a V. And I'm assuming their feet are the point of the V. It did not specify. I was literally going to (laughs) ask. Which direction? Yeah, like head to head or feet to feet? Yeah, I don't know for sure. I'm just assuming feet, but uh, why? Yes. Weird. They determined that Lily's sister Irene had died second since she was found slumped against the wall in her room. She probably heard the ruckus, got up to go see what it was, and then killer went immediately across the hall, killed her. Well, that's and then, terrifying. Yeah, right? And then obviously the kids last because they were well aware of the attack. And like I said, their fucking room was a disaster. Yeah. The wounds were so intense that investigators originally thought that the family had all been shot in the head with a shotgun. Jesus. Like it looked like 
like the shot put, you know, whatever yeah. that's called. No, what's it called? Not shot put. Like uh, the shot. Bird shot. Bird shot. You know, I learned a lot of difference between bird shot and elk shot, and I can't remember what it is now. I bet elk shot's worse. Buckshot, not elk shot. Oh my <laughs> god! Like, I've never we- heard of elk shot, but buckshot is. So there's three kinds. There's bird shot. There's buckshot, and there's slugs. Ooh, tell me about it. <laughs> and bird shot is like the little tiny pellets, uh-huh. and it sprays out like this, so you can get a bird. Yeah. Uh huh. And then buckshot is three like medium sized pellets. Ooh, that'll kill a buck. It sprays out in like a triangle. Yeah. Like uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. And then a slug is literally just like a fucking onesie that's like, I'm a bust through. It's really? Like a goddamn cannonball. Seriously. I'm 95% sure. Did not know all that. I only know it because my husband has a shotgun that he's very into. And he yeah, like, your husband likes to shoot guns a lot. Yeah, he does. Merka. <laughs> he's like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and we're all like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he loads the shotgun with like two bird shot and then a slug so that he's like you know in case the first two you don't get them then the third one you're i don't know man jesus christ i feel like you're singing a country song (laughs) (laughs) listen there's a big difference in shooting them too because then you're like oh i can see pew pew kapow yeah exactly it's like a boom boom kaboom (laughs) gotcha gotcha all right listen so they just thought that some sort of shotgun had gone off in their face okay because there were fucking it was bad yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna fact check this before i leave any of it no you have to leave it all especially if we're wrong it's funnier and then everybody will like fucking get after us Okay, so police think shotgun, right? But they soon realize that the family was bludgeoned with a hammer-like object. Ooh, hammer-like object. I don't know which side. Ah, you knew my question from my eyes. Yeah, yeah, because we've talked about it a time or two. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So autopsies are performed, and they find that all of them are found with injuries consistent with being beaten with a hammer-like object, like I said, as well as they all suffered neck compression injuries and asphyxia. Oh. That's weird. Real weird. Real weird. All? Even the kids? You know, I don't know if it was all. Because, like... But my article didn't specify. It was just, like, autopsies are performed, and this is what they find. Yeah. All right. I don't know the deets. Yeah. Interestingly, investigators found no signs of forced entry into the home, and Brenda's room had remained untouched with her door shut. She's the one that's off on the school trip, right? Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. This made police super suspicious that someone that the family knew had perpetrated the murders because they had entry to the home, they knew exactly where to find the sleeping members, and they knew that Brenda wasn't home that night. Yeah. Because they never went into her room. If you're just like a random person, you're going to go into the next door and be like, is anybody fucking in here? No. Anybody in here I could kill? Yeah. No? We're yeah. good? Moving on? Police obviously start by questioning Kathy and Robert since they find the bodies. And as they're questioning Robert, and he's explaining, like, how he came to find the bodies and everything. Yeah. He lets out this little bit of information. He says, I saw Norman's body laying on the bed next to Lily's. And the what? police are like, hold the fuck up because we didn't even know Norman was there until we started, like, processing the scene and we found him laying next to lily yeah so we're gonna need to chat with you oh shit i guess i read in an article that 
Robert was like, uh, and then he called the police later to be like, let me just explain that little mix up. I don't know how he explained it away. What? But he was like, uh, I realized that it sounds like I just implicated myself in knowing something, but this is what I meant. I don't know. I don't know. Pretty suspicious. If you're ever calling the police back to be like, see, I had said a thing that sounded like what I meant was. What happened was. I didn't mean that I knew he was dead. You're going to do 25 to life. Yeah. Bad idea. (laughs) Get a lawyer. Yeah. All right. So police are questioning Robert and then they start questioning his wife too to be like, tell me again what's going on. Like what happened the night of the murders. Yeah, corroborate this story. Yeah, let's figure out what's going on here. And both of their stories match up, that they had gone to the family dinner thing, they dropped off the kids by 10.30, and Kathy had gone to bed, and Robert stayed awake on the computer until 2 a.m., and then I think Kathy felt Robert come to bed or something, but allegedly 2 a.m. Robert goes to bed. Okay. And so police are like, okay, but from 10.30 to 2 a.m., how do we know you were really home? And so they check his computer activity because he says he was on the computer and they find, in fact, that there was computer activity between those times. Okay. All right. So they're like, okay. They won't tell us what his favorite sites are though, huh? Nope. Don't give us that detail. His Google searches. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nope. They don't give us that detail. But they're like, okay, we're pretty suspicious of you, but we don't really have a lot of probable cause yet. So just, you just hang out there, Mr. Robert. Yeah. Meanwhile, as this investigation continues... Brenda comes home from her school trip to her entire family murdered, and she's obviously devastated. Do you think she knew while she was on the trip? I'm sure they were like, hey, Brenda, we're going to need to talk to you real quick. Like, some shit went down. Don't freak out, but you're going to want to go home now. Like, I don't think she finished the trip. Yeah. But it was a Friday night that this happened, right? Friday night, Saturday morning. So maybe she was coming home anyway. Maybe. Because it was a week trip. Ugh. Oh, what a terrible time. Ugh. Ugh. Talk about some, like, survivor's guilt, man. Yeah, that poor fucking girl. I know. Just wait, it gets worse. Oh, good. Robert and Kathy, they apply to adopt Brenda because they're her next of kin. I guess there's, like, the grandparents and shit, but maybe the grandparents weren't in a position to do so. Yeah. So they apply to adopt Brenda as her legal guardian, and Brenda goes to live with her aunt and uncle. Okay. At least it's a close-knit family. Yeah, like they're all used to hanging out together. Yeah. Well, shortly after moving in, Robert starts to sexually abuse Brenda, his fucking niece. That's fucking gross. I didn't mean that close. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah, so poor fucking Brenda. Her whole family just got murdered, and now she's being molested. Oh, my God. Brenda was terrified to report the abuse because she had just lost her entire family, And her Aunt Kathy was all she had left. And so her Aunt Kathy became the most important person in her life. Yeah. And so she thought that if she reported Robert, that she would inadvertently be hurting her aunt. I mean, I get it. Yeah. And I'm not in that situation. Yeah. But also, fuck Robert. Yeah, fuck Robert. You're a dick. What a piece of shit. Yeah, total piece of shit. But she's like over here like, I don't want to hurt my aunt. I want to protect her. I want her to be happy. I don't know if she just, I'm assuming she wasn't telling her aunt any of this was going on. Yeah. Oh, my God. This poor Brenda. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? No. So eventually, Brenda does speak with a solicitor and mentions that Robert is sexually molesting her. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, let's fucking, you know, make sure that he stops doing that shit. 
Yeah. Shortly after meeting with the solicitor, she sends a text message saying that she no longer wants to pursue the issue. So she kind of backs out. Okay. She said she just wanted her aunt to be happy, didn't want to hurt her, whatever, right? I can't go through with this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Meanwhile, while all this abuse is happening under wraps, police are suspecting Robert more and more every day of the murder of her family. Jesus. Can you believe this? So his behavior the day the bodies were discovered when his wife was on the phone with the dispatcher. Yeah. You know, and he was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Was like super odd. Like, yeah, you don't want to stick around. Just make sure everything's fucking cool. Yeah. Like your wife's not going to get murdered also. Like yeah, super yeah, you don't suspicious. know where the fucking killer is there, do you, bud? Right? And so police speculate that this would have been the perfect opportunity for him to get rid of the murder weapon. Oh. And they actually have never recovered the murder weapon to this day. Oh. What about the grandparents? Like, did he ever actually make it to their house? I have no clue. Was it in a timely manner? I don't like, know. So a lot of this information I pieced together from a lot of other fucking articles. So yeah. it's kind of like, I'm sure that might be out there somewhere, but I didn't find it. I see. Mm-hmm. I got some questions for you, Robert. Yeah. Step into my room. Eat a cookie. Why don't you sit down right over here? Y'all want some sweet tea? <laughs> Let's talk about this. The police are also able to identify a clear shoe imprint in the blood, which I had mentioned, at the scene. And they discover that that size of the shoe and the brand of the shoe match what Robert owned at the time. Well, son of a bitch. Mmm, you're looking pretty fucking suspicious. Yeah. If the shoe fits. Ha! <laughs> You must not equip. (laughs) So with the shoe imprint evidence, this is enough evidence to convince the police that Robert might actually be their guy. Yeah. And they get a search warrant on his house. Oh, good. They find his white New Balance. (laughs) (laughs) His dad shoes. Yeah. (laughs) While they're searching, they discover a small blood stain on the floor of his garage. Oh. And the blood stain, for the record, becomes known as blood stain... 91 for exhibit 91 okay but it becomes a whole fucking part of this whole goddamn case an expert testifies that the stain looks like it had been a transfer stain meaning that someone had blood on their clothes on their shoes or like a bloody object or they had a bloody object in a bag and they set it on the floor or it touched the floor somehow and the blood transferred from that object onto the floor okay so it wasn't like a drip from a body or anything it was like transferred yeah The blood was sent for DNA testing, and it returned back four different family members from the Lynn family. It matched their DNA. So there was, like, lots of blood in there. Oh, God. Lots of blood all stirred up. this thing would have Mm -hmm. touched everybody's. Four of the – well, there's actually five dead people, right? Oh. Because there's Norman, uh, Lily, Lily, Irene, Henry, Terry. That's five. Yeah. So four of the five people's – dead people's blood is on this – floor thing. in his garage Ugh. so this blood stain seemed to be like the straw that broke the camel's back and in may of 2011 so this is two years after the murders robert was finally arrested for the murder of the lynn family holy shit robert's sexual abuse towards brenda never stopped the whole time that she was living with him until he was arrested up until the day he was arrested could you imagine and finding out that your molester is also your family's murderer? That is a fucking nightmare. But also, who and knows uncle. what the fuck he was saying to her like while he was molesting her. Like if you tell anyone? Yes. Yeah, who exactly. knows? Who knows? That is such a good point. Because uh, that might be enough to have a person call off the investigation. 
or not call off the investigation, but call off like the fucking molestation. Yeah, reports. like I'm I'm not gonna charge him with that. I'm yeah. not even gonna go after that. I just wanna get the fuck out of this place. Yeah, right. And she's sixteen too. Oh, like my you're God. so close to freedom. This poor girl. I know. What about Kathy? What, like, did she stand by her husband? She stands by her husband through all of this. And she's like, my husband did not commit that murder. He's innocent. And so what? and so Brenda was like so afraid to say any of this. Yeah. And when she eventually does come out and admit that he molested her and he goes through these trials and shit, they like kind of, I don't want to say lose touch, but they grow apart. Yeah. Like that's her. She... Brenda just loves her aunt so much and wanted to protect her so much that she went through all this abuse. And then now they're like growing apart because Kathy's standing behind her husband. Ew. Awful. What a bitch. Terrible. All right. So they're preparing the case against Robert, right? And the only motive that they can conjure up was that Robert had not been doing well in life. And he had opened. Fucking so? (laughs) (laughs) And that he had opened up a restaurant and it had failed, proving him to be not successful. And while his in-laws, they were, like, really successful with this, like, news agency stamped thing, right? Yeah. And this, like, infuriated him. And so he wanted to get hands on the family wealth. And so he decided that he was going to murder Lillian Norman and everyone else was just collateral damage. Right? And then what? Take over their little shop? (laughs) I don't fucking know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, like, inherit it. That's the, like, prosecutions or the crown. That's, like, their (laughs) – that's their – um their theory right yeah but then while they're doing all this and they're preparing the case brenda comes forward and says hey bt dubs dude's molesting me and so that changes the entire theory oh because initially like i said brenda didn't want anything to do with her uncle's charges and she was again protecting her aunt and then she spoke to a friend who was a law professor who convinced her to report the abuse and to testify against him in the case. Yeah. She was like, you got it. You have to go there. And you owe it to the jury to describe to them his character so that they can make the ultimate judgment on whether or not they think he could have caused your family's murder. Yeah. And if they find him guilty or not, either way, you're protecting your aunt by doing that. You're getting her away from him if he did commit these crimes. Yeah, yeah. So she's like okay, this convinces me enough that I'm willing to testify against him or testi- tell my part of what the fuck he did to me that I know so that you can judge his character based off of that. Yeah, give everybody the full facts. Exactly. So like I said, this gives the crown like a whole new motive. I do not like this motive. This motive is awful. So Brenda reports that prior to the murder, well, this comes out in court, that prior to the murder, Robert had actually touched her inappropriately on several occasions. Oh, fuck this guy. And then obviously after the murder, it turned to regular abuse. And the Crown is like, hey, guess what? Robert knew that Brenda was going to be out of town that week. And he decided that if he killed her parents, he would then get custody of Brenda, thereby being granted access to her whenever he wanted. That is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. The most terrifying thing ever, right? This is your family. Right? Like, that's your niece. Like, you guys all play fucking games together and you have Friday night dinners and eat fucking sticky buns together. Like, that what is the horrifying. fuck? Yeah. I want some sticky buns. I know, me too. It said the article said, like, pork sticky buns and rice or some shit. And I was like, God uh, damn, that sounds titty. Yeah, it does. Oh, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> oh, I saved you a taco. <gasps> I don't want it because you're dying. I barely wanted your coffee. That's fair. Mm. 
All right. So the case is backed also by the fact that the person who murdered the family didn't break in. So Robert had a key so he could easily get into the house. Yeah. He he was was, being sketch as fuck back there. He was being real sketch. The killer knew exactly which rooms to go into. Didn't go into Brenda's room because he knew that she wasn't there. Yeah. So. He knew that Norman was on the bed. He knew that Norman was on the bed. But not really. Yeah, but not really. (laughs) So he's got all this shit going against him, right? Yeah. All right. So this shit takes four trials, which lasted over seven and a half years to convict Robert of the murders. God damn. Four trials? Four. Why? Well, the first trial, it was aborted when the sexual molestation charges came out because Brenda refused to testify. So she came out and said it. And then she was like, nope, 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 nope. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And then you have like a fucking contaminated jury poll, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The second trial ended because the judge got really sick. Like, talk about fucking bad luck. These poor families, too, having to relive all this shit. The third ended in a hung jury. And then the fourth trial, Robert was found guilty of the murders, and he was given five life sentences. God damn. I know. Good. Good. The whole time, Robert and his wife, Kathy, like I said, they maintain that he's innocent. Kathy swears that he was home that whole night of the 17th through the 18th when, like, the supposed murders happened. She swears he was on the computer and that... He came to bed at 2 a.m. He didn't have a chance to go murder them. Whatever. He had a chance. Some speculate that Kathy was only asleep because Robert had drugged her to make her sleep heavier so that he could, like, run out and go doing some murdering and shit and, like, come back and she wouldn't know that he was gone. Jesus. I don't know how they accommodate for fucking computer activity or, you know, I'm thinking, like, 1030, you drop them off, you do some murdering, and then you go home and no one ever knows. I don't know how long it takes to do some murdering. Yeah. Probably want to clean up. But they were all in their separate bedrooms, which would mean that they were probably either in bed or getting ready to go to bed. Yeah. And it was 1030 at night, though. Yeah. Maybe everybody else was already home. But when you're like... Like Irene and... You get home from a place, you kind of dick around for a hot minute. That's true. Sometimes. Just dicking around. (laughs) Like like before going to bed, you're going to, I don't know, go brush your teeth or do other shit. So maybe he did drop them off and then come back. Eat a taco. Eat a tackle. Just one tackle, please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so obviously Robert is appealing his case, right? Yeah. I didn't fucking do the shit. And the appeal was set to happen in October of last year in 2019. But I think it got delayed and I didn't find any other information on that. So we'll just wait on that one. Nice. His argument, if you want to hear Robert's side of the story. Yeah. Is that he was convicted with zero substantial evidence. I mean, except for all the evidence, he's right. Well, he's saying, this is fucking interesting, because I was like, hmm, if I were on a jury, I don't know. Oh, God, no. So, there was no forensic evidence to link him to the crime. Except for the blood. Well, the bloodstain 91, it doesn't have a timestamp on it, meaning that it could have been deposited in his garage at any time before or after the murders. It doesn't prove that that came from the murders. Well, it wouldn't have been before, because how would he get all... Four or at least four people's blood mixed into one little smooge. Well, I guess the family was like really close and they were named known to play games like badminton and all this other shit and they would like all hang out into his in his garage. Were they also known to be like, hey, let's all do a blood pack. Bleeding everywhere. Yeah. And well, then shake hands and then just all simultaneously touch the floor. <laughs> in one spot. This yeah. will be funny later. Yeah. Well, they're saying that It's not so odd, first of all, that there are four of the family members' DNA in this garage, right? They've all been there. Yes, their DNA. Their DNA. 
I guess the sample actually, the DNA sample, actually has never been verified that it's blood. Okay, assume it's sweat. Okay. Again. All four in the same spot? Yeah. Here's another thing, though, is they're not... Also, you wouldn't see sweat. Like, yeah. You, yeah. it's got to be blood or something. And it's or a transfer thing. Okay, well, here's this. Okay. Here's where I was like, hmm, I don't know so much. Okay. No one's denying the fact that Kathy or Robert were at the scene of the murders, right? Yeah. And it was a messy scene. Yeah. So they could have gotten blood on their shoe or something and then come home and it could have gotten on the floor that way. That was literally my first thought. But now that you have me convinced that it's Robert, I'm like, no, let's not say that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to sound right. (laughs) I don't want to sound like I'm defending him. (laughs) Get out of here, dick. Hey, man, I'm not defending anyone. I don't know who fucking did it. I'm just reading you the articles I read. (laughs) Yeah, you ain't wrong. But also, if he had tromped through the crime scene, he probably would have gotten blood on his shoe. And it would be all mixed together. And it would be all mixed together. But also, if he was the killer, he would have gone through the crime scene and gotten blood on his shoe. You ain't wrong. It would be all mixed together. You ain't wrong. I guess they did a luminal test on this blood stain or whatever and it shows the likelihood of blood but it doesn't show that it is blood now i don't know if this is just semantics because i don't know the actual test results but i don't know if all luminol results are just likelihood of blood or if it's like a hundred percent blood for like it's really bright over here so that for sure is blood where this one's kind of dark so it might be blood i don't know how the likelihood of blood can be determined with luminol i'm just assuming that's the definition of using luminol. If you see it there, it's likely that is blood. Or jizz. Could be jizz. Does luminol show jizz? I think you're just thinking black lights. I'm thinking of black lights. Yeah. You use the black lights in luminol. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else the fuck else luminol picks up, but I'm glad we straightened that out. Me too. Okay, here's another interesting bit is that like none of the experts who analyzed this blood stain 91 They couldn't exclude Brenda's DNA from that sample. They just said that it belonged to four of the Lynn family, like members of the Lynn family. Yeah. And Brenda's technically one of them, so it could have her DNA too. And she was living there, so that wouldn't be so shocking. Yeah. And he also argues, this is where I'm like, shit's weak. He argues that the shoe imprint could have been made from several different shoe brands, and so it's not my shoe. I'm pretty sure. It's your shoe? The the shoe imprints are pretty, like, they can be pretty specific on what brand. Uh, I saw a picture of the blood imprint. It looked like exact fucking tread marks. Like there was no questioning what kind of shoe that was. Yeah. I mean, I didn't look at it and it wasn't like Air Nike <laughs> imprinted, but. <laughs> yeah, there's Jordan doing the fucking dunk. Yeah, but it looked specific enough that you could identify them. Yeah, I'm like pretty sure. Like in tire treads or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking That too. at least the brands are all different. Yeah, or you could pin it down to like two yeah. And be like, we don't make these. So obviously it came from this one. Yeah. Like this country doesn't have them. Anyway. Well, goddamn. Fucking interesting, right? Fucking interesting. Wait, I have two more little bullet points. All right. And I'm just going to bring the mood down. Oh, goddamn it. Obviously, Brenda's been like really strong through all of this. And she was interviewed and she obviously misses her family very deeply. Yeah. And she says that what she regrets most of all is that when she left for her trip, and she was standing in the airport to say goodbye. She didn't give her dad a hug goodbye. No, oh, sweet baby girl, you can't think like that. I know, but she said that like all of her friends were like saying bye and like hopping on the airplane. And she didn't come out and say like, you know, it was embarrassing to give my dad a hug or anything. But she was just like, oh, it's only going to be a week. And she just like hopped on the plane and left. Ugh, oh, that breaks your heart. Oh, it's so sad. All right. So uh, that's my fucking messed up story. Yeah. Fucking thanks for that. 
Isn't it more frustrating that it's like we don't really have a motive unless it really truly is that he just wanted to molest Brenda, in which case, holy fucking shit, that's some twisted, deep-seated, dark, fucked-up shit. Yeah, that's probably the most fucked-up motive I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Ugh, I don't like it. Nope, 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 nope. All right, Aaron, give me your story. You gonna bring us up? I'm gonna bring you up, and then I'm gonna bring you back down. I'm ready for the roller coaster ride. Okay. So, as it turns out, like we normally fucking do, we chose very similar cases. You know, I saw the title of yours. Did you? Uh-huh, when we were both working in our same Google Docs. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, we basically <laughs> picked the exact same story. Because <laughs> I know your story. Ugh. But I don't know your story. Okay, yeah. So you're about to take me on a ride. So that's pretty much where I was on this one. Like, I had heard it before, but also, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or what, but then when I, like, read into it, I was like, the fuck? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you all about the Velisca Axe murders. Mm-hmm. She going to tell us. I'm going to tell you. This fucking massacre takes place in June of 1912. So, Damn. Yeah. Going way oldie. far back for this one. Okay. The Moore family were Josiah, who was 43, Sarah, who was 39, and four kids, Herman Montgomery, who was 11, Mary Catherine, who was 10, Arthur Boyd, who was 7, and Paul Vernon, who was 5. All right. Big family. Yes. They were boning like crazy back then. Yeah, and they didn't have prophylactics. No, they didn't. Them poor souls. <laughs> no. They lived in Villisca, Iowa, as an affluent and well-known family. They were, like, really popular in the town. And, in fact, Sarah Moore, the mom had organized a children's day program at the Presbyterian church that they attended. Oh, that sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like so much <laughs> fucking work. Uh, I don't know if you counted, but that was four kids. That's so many kids. How do you have the time? I don't know. She's superwoman, that's how. Yeah. I bet she was baking cookies and shit for it too. Oh my God, Bless probably. her soul. Yeah. Without like fucking electricity and shit. Because <laughs> it's 1912. <laughs> She's just beating the eggs with a goddamn fork. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have a KitchenAid. <laughs> so since she organized this little Children's Day thing, the family all go to it. And while they're there, Mary Catherine sees two of her friends and she's like, hey, you guys want to come back to my place? Let's have a sleepover. And they were like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Right. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. So they were going to stay the night at the Morris family as well. Okay. And these two other girls are Ina May Stillinger, who was eight years old, and Lena Gertrude Stillinger, who was 12 years old. Okay. So the family and then two friends, they go to this Children's Day thing. They all have a good fucking time. And then they walk back to the Morris house when it ended at about 9.30 p.m. Damn, it's a late children's thing. Hell yeah, man. I I could not survive now. Wow. <laughs> and so it estimated that they got home between 9.45 and 10 p.m. Alrighty. So this house is a farm. And as you can guess, on farms, daily life and chores and all that shit starts at like the fucking crack of dawn, right? Yeah, break of dawn. Get yeah. up. Gotta milk them cows. Exactly. And the Moore's neighbor, who was Mary Peckham, she was pretty familiar with the Moore's routine as she was usually awake at about the same time and out doing her daily chores. Mm -hmm. And... At about 5 a.m., she went out and was, like, hanging laundry or something because you had to do that in 1912. She's beating a rug. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and usually the Moors would be up and about at about the same time, but she didn't see them. And she didn't really think anything of it until at a, 
about 7 a.m. until about 7 a.m. when she still realized that there was no activity over at their that house. That shit's like fucking noon by our times, you know, like 7 a.m. on a farm. That's like you need lunch. Yeah, exactly. Like you should be almost done with your chores by now. Yeah. Are you coming to work today? Yeah. <laughs> and so she was like, that's fucking weird. They should be around. Maybe I'll go wake them up or something, right? Yeah, them cows are going to need a milking. Exactly. All the animals need food. They need to be out. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like a cow right now, so I'm really concerned for the cows to get milked. That shit hurts. Yeah, exactly. Gotta empty it. Gotta empty them udders. Especially overnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's been a night where the baby sleeps all night. Exactly. You need them emptied. And it's not something that you would normally put off, like feeding yeah. animals. Yeah, yeah. Or milking them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So the neighbor, Mary, decides to go knock on the door and make sure that everything's okay, but no one answered. Oh, no. So she tries the door, but it's locked. Oh, God. And so she lets the chickens out for them, and then she calls Ross Moore, who was Josiah's brother. Ross gets to the house. He knocks on the door. No answer. He's, like, going around, peeking in windows and stuff. He can't see anything, and he's, like, yelling to them, like, hello, anybody home? Yeah. And he's not getting any answer. So he decides to use his spare key to enter the house all right i don't know why in my mind i just thought like aha i have an idea he pulls out the perfect key <laughs> yeah right right here aha see ya the first bedroom that he goes into is where ina and lena had been staying the night oh god it was in the guest bedroom oh god and he finds their bodies on the bed oh brutally beaten to death no so ross called to mary who was waiting out on the porch she hadn't come in oh, and he's like hey yo mary can you call hank horton <laughs> who was essentially the town cop right okay like, it's like got, their 911 yeah we got a fucking situation go ahead and call hank we're gonna need hank here yeah so when good old hank gets there uh-huh he checks the house and every single person in the home was dead no yes They had all been bludgeoned to death with an axe that was found in the guest room that the two sisters had been sleeping in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so creepy. Oh, yeah. I say bludgeoned because they had actually been hit with the back of the axe. That's so weird. Instead of the sharp side. Why? Except for Josiah. Oh, God. He was hit with the sharp side. Oh, my God. Isn't that fucked up? I don't like it. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting to note. The axe actually belonged to Josiah. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. How did they know who it belonged to? I don't know. Maybe they engraved their names on the <laughs> fucking, fucking Like axe got a handle. Sharpie out. Yeah. The one made... with red duct tape is mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was 1912, so maybe they're all handcrafted and they like carve, I don't know, Josiah fucking like, more on the bottom. They're like, this is Josiah's work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is a switch from Josiah's pine tree that he had in the back. This is definitely that handle. <laughs> I could tell by the grain. <laughs> all right. Okay, so also, the curtains in the whole house had been drawn, except for two windows that didn't have any curtains. Mm-hmm. And there, the killer, or whomever, had hung up clothing belonging to the family to, like, black Ugh. out the window. Ugh, that's creepy. Super creepy. Ew. Yeah. Was somebody killed in there? In the house? Yeah, in that room. Oh, it was all the windows. Uh, But two windows didn't have curtains. So somebody hung something on those two windows. Was anybody in that room? Meaning like I'm thinking if you're going to sleep and you're like, fuck man, the sun always 
shines on this side. So I put my trousers there. Yeah, let me hang up my towel, my bath towel. No, they didn't specify which two windows. Okay. So I'm not 100% positive. Okay, because I'm speculating over here that it happened in the middle of the night. Like they were asleep, so the curtains were obviously drawn because they were sleeping. Yeah. Maybe somebody threw up a blanket to be like, fuck, the sun is always so bright and I want to sleep in because it's been such a late night. They don't sleep in. It's a farm. a farm. <laughs> I know. You gotta get Listen, up and do shit. I'm just saying why I throw blankets over my windows. Yeah, yeah I feel you. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> or it could be a creepy murderer who's like, let me hide what I have done. Let me close all the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> Creeper. <laughs> Fucking salad fingers over here. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, so autopsy reveals that the murders had taken place between midnight and 5 a.m. Okay. So the police theorized that Josiah was found and killed first with the sharp side of the axe. He was hit more times than everyone else and so badly that his eyes were missing. Oh, God. Missing. Oh, God. Gone. Oh, God. He ain't got no eyes. That's because they're fluid. Pop them and they're empty. (laughs) I wish you hadn't said that. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't feel good. I'm I'm sure it's more like gelatin, but still. Ugh, that's so gross. Gross. Also... There were gouge marks in the ceiling. Oh, God. From okay. the upswing of the axe. Dear God. It's so like this guy was fucking going to town. And tall. Or girl. Yeah. You, you don't know. know. Equal opportunity murderers. Or long arms. Yeah. How <laughs> tall were these ceilings? I just pictured like a salad fingers. <laughs> long as arms. <laughs> the rusty spoon. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Creepy. Jesus. So then Sarah was likely killed next on account of... She would have been sleeping in the same bed as Josiah. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. I'm just still thinking of, like, the force it takes to make a gouge in the ceiling and, like, the anger you're coming at. Yeah. With that. Ugh. Yeah, that's fucking aggressive. Ugh. Was Josiah, like, sitting up in bed? Like, where was he? Was he defending himself? I will tell you all about that. Okay. Okay. So Sarah was next, and then the killer went to the kids' rooms and killed Herman, Mary Catherine, Arthur, and Paul. Ugh. And then he or she went back to the master bedroom and hit the parents a few more times (gasps) oh god okay police think that happened because there was a shoe that had like blood drops inside of it that was then knocked over and so the blood kind of like spilled out of it oh interesting so that's why they think that he came back at some point okay so then the killer goes to the guest room and bludgeoned lena and ina and here's the thing Police think that everyone had been sleeping when they were murdered, mm-hmm. except for Lena. Why? She had defensive wounds on her arms, Ugh. and she was laying crosswise on the bed instead of straight. Oh, God. And her nightgown had been pushed up to her waist. Oh, no, I don't want to hear it. And she wasn't wearing any underwear. Oh, God. So police believe that she may have been sexually assaulted as well. All right, but it's like 19 fucking 12, so. Yeah, they didn't have rape kits to test. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Gross. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's awful. Yes. Oh, my God. Horrible. Oh, my God. And if you'll remember, she was like fucking 12. Yeah. Yeah. Can we not? Also, everyone's faces had been covered with their bedclothes, quote, unquote, after they were killed. Hmm. So, like, their pajamas? Yeah, I think so. I picture those, like, long, pointy hats that are cloth. (laughs) (laughs) That's like some bed clothing. I don't know, man. Like your little nightcap just draped? Exactly. I don't know, but it said bed clothes, and I was like, maybe, like, a nightgown pulled up? Yeah. But it didn't say that anyone else's nightgown was, like, pulled up, except for Lena's. Okay, so it's like they weren't wearing their nightclothes, and then they put it over them, or they... I think that they were wearing their nightclothes. 
And they just, I just alley-ooped it over their face. <laughs> I have so many questions. I do too. All right. Interesting though, like covering up what they did. Yeah, that's like a sign of remorse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe even hanging shit up in the window. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We thought we knew, but then you gave a pretty good point. <laughs> <laughs> My fucking odd sleep fucking patterns. Yeah. Okay, so here's another super creepy fun fact, right? Mm-hmm. There were two fresh cigarette butts in the attic, but mm. no one in the house smoked. Oh, God. So Fresh? This is- fresh. Fresh? Like they're still smoldering? <laughs> How fresh are we talking? We're talking real fresh. We're talking rolled this morning. Oh, shit. I don't know. Okay. So this led the investigators to believe that the killer may have hung out in the attic until the family went to sleep. Oh, no. But I feel like I would smell smoke. I'd be like, is someone in the house fucking smoking? Oh, I'm going to be fucked up for a while. Also, obviously this house is super fucking haunted. Yeah. Yeah. I smell smoke all the time. Like no one can be smoking around me and I'll be like, I smell smoke. I'm pretty sure Spirit's trying to tell me like, hey, what's up, Stace? Oh, I smell smoke all the time, but it's like literally three houses down they smoke. And I'm like, the fuck are you doing? Oh, yeah. Well, I have that scenario too. But I'm just saying like randomly I'm going to be sitting in my office and smell smoke and be like, God damn it. Someone's here. Oh, ooh, be spooky. Yeah, not like not like spirits here. That's cool. I'm cool with the spirits, but like a murderer in the attic. Yeah, yeah. Fucking myself up over here. <laughs> You're like, it's okay. It's just a spirit. Don't be a murderer. <laughs> okay, but as I said, this house super fucking haunted. Yeah. So there are tours of the house that ooh, you can take. I want to go. Yeah, it's in Iowa, so yeah. we got to make a trip out there sometime for something. And someone online posted, like, they took a tour of the house. So And they smelled cigarettes? I don't know if they did. Oh, okay. I don't think so. It was a guy that was literally like, and here is the parlor. And then he, like, <laughs> walked around the parlor. So I took the tour of the house. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So in the master bedroom, mm-hmm. there was literally a door to the attic. Oh. Like, an upright standing door. How, and it has stairs on the other side to get up to the attic? No, because huh. the master bedroom was upstairs. And I don't know if you've ever been like in a really old house in the East Coast or something. Uh-huh. I, d- I was not the East Coast. I understand that. But that's the only fucking frame of reference that I have is these old ass homes in fucking Boston, right? Okay. So the top story is like pointy, right? Yep. And that's where they have the master bedroom. Yeah. But like if they have an attic, attic it's like split oh so half of it was a master bedroom half of it is an attic oh that changes things doesn't it i mean it makes it slightly less creepy because it's easier to access does it i mean it's closer to your bedroom though so that's kind of creepy it legit gave me chills he opened the door to the attic and of course it's all staged because someone owns this house now and they fucking make money money off of ghost tours or whatever right and so it says don't enter you're not supposed to go into the attic Mm -hmm. but in there all that there is is like a chair and so you're thinking like okay this is where the murderer sat there's like two cigarette butts on the ground exactly Uh uh-huh but also it was super fucking creepy and it's this tiny ass little door that you're like what the fuck? Like, why doesn't that have a fucking chain lock on it? I'd <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If that were my bedroom, different story. But also, like, definitely if, would be locked. If you lived in that house, you wouldn't think anything of it. It would just be like your big ass closet. I know. That's creepy. Right? You're right. 
And you would like you wouldn't check it. Well, that's so weird. Like when you explain it like that, it kind of changes the story for me. It's still creepy. Somebody was hiding in the house. Yeah. But it's like it's like they just wandered to like the best hidey spot and they were like, oh, fuck, man, this is perfect. Yeah. As it's opposed essentially to like, like they're hiding in a closet. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like fucking mousing out in the roof of your house for like three weeks and then being like, tonight is the night. True. <laughs> that does make it less creepy. But also like, you know, when. Like I did another one where a guy hid in the walls and stuff. And you're yeah. like, but how the fuck does he get out of there? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, it's a crawl out of a cupboard. Like that's so not convenient. Yeah. So much work. Yeah. Like could I have an attic entrance in this room? Oh, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. But I, I would. smell smoke. <laughs> <laughs> but I would totally hear a person like coming out of there. Yeah. It'd be a ruckus. Yeah. Because it's like in my closet to where they'd be like, fuck. Why does she have so many shoes? <laughs> she literally only wears flip-flops. <laughs> you don't need this many shoes. Yeah, and they would knock everything over and there's like fucking precariously balanced bottles of alcohol that'll just make noise. So to the untrained eye, it's just a messy closet, but we know it's a booby trap. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and if you open it, then you suddenly can't open the closet door. You're locked in there forever. Oh, God. That's made my feet hurt. I don't like that. I don't want to get trapped in your closet forever. Oh. Okay, you Aww. probably won't. <laughs> it's it's not real. <laughs> it's not real. I was just joking. <laughs> okay. So a couple of things about the cigarettes in the attic, quote unquote attic, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that my very first thought on this, other than it being super fucking creepy, Yeah, was that Herman was 11 years old. He could have snuck into the attic and smoked these cigarettes, right? Okay, I guess so. Sure. Like, so could have any of them. Well, I mean, yeah, so could have any of them, but like, because Herman's an 11-year-old boy. Like, you think he's not fucking getting into stuff? And they're like, look at these two fresh cigarettes. It's from the murderer. Maybe it's from your almost teenage boy going and smoking cigarettes. Yeah, but where's he getting like the papers and the tobacco, you know, like to roll it? I mean, I don't know that it was actually hand-rolled, but I'm sure that it was because it was 1912. Unless it was was like an American spirit. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure those were probably originally (laughs) hand-rolled. That's true. But uh, he could have done it with his buddies. Listen, yeah. my mom started smoking when she was 11. Yeah. yeah. They're, not to say that she was born in 1912 yeah. or anything, but yeah. a kid is going to get their hands on whatever they want to get their hands well, on. Well, 11 was basically 18. Exactly. <laughs> my dad tells me about when he would walk down the street and see like, you know, cars with their windows down. Uh-huh. And then if there was like a pack of cigarettes in there, you're just like reaching and grab them. Like how These old are you? like fucking nine. Yeah. He's the reason why we have to lock shit. Yeah, it was a different time, though. <laughs> yeah, and everybody was like, I'm sick of these fucking kids taking my cigarettes. I'm going to put a system on my car. Yeah, he was a goddamn hooligan. <sighs> That's my parents, hooligans. So, other than that, there was a pan of bloody water that was found in the kitchen. Okay, someone's got to clean up. Yep, which I'm assuming the killer was using to clean it up. Mm-hmm. To clean it up, to clean themselves up, probably. Yeah. And there was a plate of uneaten food. Oh, Interesting super weird was that there was a slab of okay there was an article that said bacon there was a slab of bacon found on the floor in the downstairs bedroom near the axe okay (laughs) but it was wrapped in a dish towel and weighed almost two pounds so i think their idea of bacon back then is different than our idea of bacon now oh was it cooked two pounds of cooked bacon in a (laughs) towel i understand why everybody got murdered (laughs) That's fucked up. That's fucked up. I'm assuming it's not cooked. I'm assuming it's not cooked, too. Do you think maybe they were using the bacon as practice? Like, if I were to hit somebody, I need to feel what it's like to hit meat? 
no that's not where my head went okay well i mean obviously you would have told me there were like axe marks in it or something if so yeah right like some chopped up bacon (laughs) finally (laughs) axe chopped bacon (laughs) minced up on the floor (laughs) i made bacon bits (laughs) so before i tell you my little theory about the bacon all right is that there was another slab about the same size and it was still in the ice box Okay. Because they didn't have a fridge. They had an ice box. Do you think somebody was like, I'm fucking starving. I'm going to steal this bacon. Oh, shit. They woke up. I'll just kill him with this axe. I don't know about the second half, but (laughs) I think that the first part is right. Is that like maybe we'll get into some suspects in a little bit, but Mm -hmm. maybe this person was homeless or hungry and didn't have food and was like, I'm going to take this fucking two pounds of bacon for the road. Yeah. And then bacon. (laughs) Yeah. Some road bacon. And then I don't know if that's. Like they forgot it or if they were like, all right, that's everyone. And then they went downstairs and they got the bacon and then. All right, that's everyone. <laughs> and then they realized that the two sisters were there. Oh, shit. And that's where the bacon like landed or ended oh. up. No, but if you finish the deed, you're going to take your bacon. Not if it's covered in blood. Well, go get the second bacon. I mean, it was wrapped in a dish towel. You had enough time to clean up. You can grab the second bacon. Yeah, that's true. But who knows if he cleaned up before the second, before the other girls were murdered. I'm not convinced that bacon is the motive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any other better theories. I do have to tell you I never once heard anything about bacon anytime I've heard the story. God damn it, that one got me. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah. I am pretty convinced that bacon's not the motive, too. <laughs> okay. But also, maybe. I don't know. Shit. I don't know, man. I did say originally I understand why they got murdered. Yeah. You guys hoarding all this bacon. This is my fucking bacon. Yeah. No. I don't. Okay. So that's really weird. So remember, this is 1912, right? Yep. I'm remembering. Fingerprinting was a brand new thing. Oh, was it? But I don't believe that any fingerprints were taken at the scene. Okay. Apparently, the crime scene was like a shit show. Yeah, it sounds like it. There was bacon on the floor. (laughs) Exactly. And one guy who was like, hey, I'm going to go in there and take some crime scene pictures, right, to fucking preserve some evidence. Mm -hmm. He was thrown out. Like, fucking get out of here, Joe. You can't take pictures in here. Yeah. Were they like, you're contaminating the crime scene? Or were they like, that's disrespectful? I think it was more of that. Like, that's disrespectful. This is a small town and we don't want those pictures getting out. Okay. So basically, there was no real evidence preserved Hmm. in the crime scene other than them being like, yeah, there was two pounds of bacon over here. Yeah, it was wrapped in a dish towel. Yeah. See exhibit A. Bloodstain 91. Mm Mm-hmm. So there were a ton of suspects in this case and almost no evidence against any of them. How do they have so many suspects then? Well, I will tell you about the suspects and then you'll be like, yeah, that guy is fucking suspect. I suspect him. (laughs) The first one is Andrew Sawyer. He was a transient man that went by Andy. Mm -hmm. So kind of like I said, maybe a homeless person with the motherfucking bacon, right? Yeah, I was going to say, is Andy a bacon guy? Yeah, he's just hungry. So Andy was seen the morning of the murders wearing a brown suit and his shoes were covered in mud. Oh, Or were they covered in? Mud. Blood. (laughs) Could have been, but probably mud. Okay. So he approached a bridge foreman while they were out working at six in the morning and he asked him for a job. And the (laughs) foreman guy was like, fuck yeah, we need a guy. And so they hired him like right away. Dude, simpler times. Right? Now you got to fill out fucking 50 online applications just to never get a call back. Yeah. Attach your resume. Now fill out your entire resume on this other form. (laughs) Right. 
So then later that evening, Andy bought a newspaper with the axe murder story printed on the front page, and he would talk to the other guys about whether or not the killer had been caught, and I guess this is one of those room and job situations, because the other guys on the job said that Andy also slept fully dressed, mm-hmm. and with his axe. Oh, he had an axe, but he used Josiah's axe. He used Josiah's axe, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have his own axe. Okay, this dude doesn't have a need for an axe, right? He's just walking around with all of his belongings and one of them happened to be an axe? Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And his suit and muddy shoes. Sounds like people had axes back then, though, because Josiah had a specific axe. Yeah, I feel like... Are we talking like, hatchet or axe? I mean, it says axe. All right. I feel like an axe was one of, like, six tools. Like, they had your axe, you had your hammer, you had your fucking... Phillips and your flathead. Yeah, I was going to say, did they have screwdrivers then? Because you didn't have a drill or, like... No, they had, like, one of those hand drills. We have one. Oh, that you, like, turn? Yeah. It looks like a crank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like a doorknob on the top. Of course you have one. Yeah, yeah. So he's over there sleeping with his axe, right? Okay. I mean, if I had an axe and I was homeless, I'd sleep with it too. Yeah, but not if I was like now in a home sleeping. I don't know all these people in this home. All right. And somebody just got murdered with an axe. So what? You're going to counteract their axe? Yeah, I'm going to come at you, bro. (laughs) Come at me with your axe. I can put them up. Well, clinky and there'll be sparks. Shakink. (laughs) okay so he also admitted to having been in Villisca the sunday night that the murders were committed Mm. and he said that he didn't want to be taken as a suspect and so he went to creston which was where he was found i mean for the bridge with his axe (laughs) yeah exactly oh that's suspicious so he was brought in by the sheriff after multiple people reported him as being fucking sus yeah and the foreman later testified that he walked up behind andy at one point And Andy was rubbing his head with both of his hands, and he jumped up and yelled, I will cut your goddamn heads off. Whoa. And then he started hitting stuff in front of him with his axe. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's not a good look. So the foreman was like, yo, bro. It's a little aggressive. He had some PTSD. Yeah. Another odd account about Andy was that the foreman's son was riding with him in a truck while driving through Villisca, Mm -hmm. and... Andy told him that he could tell him how the murderer got out of town. Oh. JR was the foreman's son. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, yeah, how's that? And Andy's like, well, he jumped over a manure box, and then he pointed out a manure box as they passed it about a block and a half away. So, Uh like, he knew that this manure box was there as they're driving up, and he's like, he jumped over that. Oh, God. And then he crossed the railroad tracks, and JR looked out, and there were muddy footprints on the embankment leading up to this railroad track oh shit and remember he had fucking mud on his shoes yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so were the police like uh let's check those footprints probably not it's 1912 no they're like fuck off anyone could step there yeah they were like yeah see <laughs> clean it up places to go people see yeah so then andy was like and then he would have stepped into a creek by a tree which was also like right fucking there so jr is like why does this guy know where all this shit is right he's a mind reader yeah psychic whatever or, or a murderer yeah Unfortunately, Andy wasn't kept as a suspect in the case because he had been arrested the night of the murders in Osceola, Iowa, for Uh vagrancy. Interesting. And the sheriff remembered sending him away by train at 11 p.m. that night because apparently that's what you did to vagrants. You're like, not in my town. Get out of here. You just put him on a fucking train. Yeah. I imagine them sitting in like an open, open train, you know, like. Yeah, like a hobo cart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Question. Yes. How far away was wherever the fuck he hopped on the train to 
where the murders took place. I am so glad you asked. Okay, good. (laughs) Because they're like, oh, he's got a very clear alibi, right? Yeah. Well, here's the fucking thing. The murders happened between 12 p.m. and 5 a.m., right? Yeah. And Osceola to Villisca is about 70 miles. Okay. Which, for Emmy, that's 113 kilometers. (laughs) (laughs) So by car, at least now, because I fucking Google mapped it. Yeah. It's roughly an hour and 20 minutes. With today's infrastructure. But he went by train, so it's probably faster. It's either faster or it's slower, but he has plenty of fucking time to get there in like what five hours six hours yeah yeah like that window is wide the fuck open for that dude to show up yeah to get to the town and then murder people and then i mean he was in the other town or whatever by six in the morning yeah that's plenty of fucking time oh yeah i'm not buying this alibi this guy so the second suspect was frank jones and frank lived in Villisca. he was an iowa state senator Oh, shit. So we got a little clout around town. Yeah. I guess Josiah worked for him for a real long time before leaving and starting his own company. Ooh, a little bad blood. Mm-hmm. It's rumored that Josiah took business away from Frank Ooh. and allegedly maybe even had an affair with Frank's daughter-in-law. Ooh. But that's not confirmed. Yeah. So. But maybe. I have my popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so eating it up. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So the third suspect is William Mansfield. Oh, I should mention the second suspect, Frank Jones. I don't know why he wasn't kept as a suspect, but I could imagine it's because he was a fucking state senator, right? Got it. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, he's squeaky clean. Move on. Yeah, exactly. No, he has an alibi on account of he's got some fucking clout. He doesn't even have an axe. <laughs> So the third suspect is William Mansfield. And the theory on him is that he may have been hired by Frank Jones to kill the Moors. Oh, a little hit. Yeah. The whole family, though, the kids, too. Like, that's a little intense over just, like, a bad business deal. It was 1912. I'm pretty sure they were like, I don't care about anyone or anything. Also, at, like, nine, you're an adult. So... But also, it just so happens that William happened to be a fucking serial killer all on his own anyway. What? I mean, you're not hiring good people to kill people. Exactly. Okay. But he had killed his wife and infant baby (gasps) and his in-laws. What a dick. Yeah. With an axe. Oh. Only two years after the Velisca murders. Oh. And it's believed that he may have committed another axe murder in Kansas just four days before the Velisca murders. Oh, Like, he's being implicated in all this shit aside from the Velisca stuff. Does he have a motive for any of this? Other than just maybe he's a hitman? I think it's that he's a serial killer. Okay. It's <laughs> just that he likes to kill. I'm pretty sure axe murder and was super fucking popular back then all right and it's also suspected that he murdered two women in illinois and the location of all these murders were accessible by train and Mm. all had relatively the same mo right interesting he wasn't charged in the Velisca murders because he had an alibi that apparently checked out which i don't know what it is but i could probably fucking uncheck it for you right yeah yeah So apparently, as I said, axe murdering, real popular, because there was actually another guy at the time named Henry Lee Moore, no relation to the Moors, who had killed his mom 
and grandma months before the Velisca murders with an axe. Jeez, what the hell's wrong with people around here? Right? I, I'm Like I said, I think an axe was like one of six tools. So yeah. they're like, I got an axe. Yeah, that seems like the most damage. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And so they're like, I mean, this guy fucking killed people with an axe. Maybe he did it, right? Oh, my God. There was also Sam Moyer, who was Sarah Moore's brother. He had allegedly threatened to kill Josiah on more than one occasion. Okay, but also her, his sister yeah. and family? No. See, he also had an alibi, and I don't think he had much of a motive to kill the rest of the fucking family. Yeah, it seems a little, over, like, intense. Yeah, exactly. So then there was even one more murderer named Paul Mueller who was suspected in the killings. He was an immigrant from Germany who would have been on the run for the murder of a family in Massachusetts from Damn. 1897. My God. Yeah. Jesus. All right. It's believed by some people that he spent this whole time on the run killing people and he had some commonalities in all of his murders that were also found at the Moore's house, right? Two cigarette butts at the scene with a slab of bacon. He always smoked two cigarettes before each murder. (laughs) No, more like all the murders took place near railroad tracks. He would ambush the family around midnight while they were all asleep. He used the blunt side of an axe that he found at the victim's home. Oh. He would leave the axe in plain sight. He would lock the doors when he left, and he would cover the windows or draw the curtains. Okay, so it sounds like this guy now. And he would sometimes sexually assault a young girl at the scene if there happened to be one. Ew. What'd he do with bacon? You know, it didn't mention. (laughs) Probably because maybe he got away with the bacon each other time. Oh. And they didn't even know that bacon was missing. Oh, my God. Boom. Boom. Figured it out. Blew the case wide open. (laughs) So there's a whole fucking book on this. Like, there's a father-daughter team that got real into it, and they were, like, investigating this shit, right? Mm -hmm. And they wholeheartedly believe that this guy was the guy. This guy? Yeah. Hmm. There's, like, a book on it, and... With this whole thing, there's been movies, there's been documentaries, there's been fucking podcasts, there's been everything on it, so. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. I've heard of it. Okay, so then the final suspect that I will tell you about was Reverend George Kelly. Hold up, Reverend? Oh, you heard me. Oh, shit. He was a traveling minister. Oh, God. Who was in town the night of the murders. He was allegedly an odd guy and had a history of being a peeping Tom. Oh, God. That's awful. Yeah. And he would ask young girls to pose nude for him. No, he sounds like an awful reverend. Yeah, he's a fucking creep, right? Yeah. So he happened to be at this Children's Day event. Oh, God, who let him in? Right. And he left town the next morning by 5 or 5.30. Hmm. Which was just hours before the bodies were discovered, right? Yeah, yeah. And he was super into the progress of the case. And he wrote a bunch of letters to the police and investigators and to the families. Mm, that's suspicious. Yeah. Real fucking weird. What was he saying to the families? I don't know. Probably like, hope they catch the guy. Oh, creeper. I don't know. Weird. So even more damning than all that mm-hmm. is that he confessed to the murders. Really? Yeah. With a lot of detail interesting however okay this came after hours of interrogations oh and he later recounted the confession yeah so kind of like the brandon brendan dassey thing yeah like, maybe not you, though yeah yeah mm. god damn and also he had a history of mental illness 
So Oh, even better. Yeah. They might have been kind of taking advantage of that a little bit. That's insane. Yeah. But two years later, he was arrested for harassing a lady and was sent to a mental hospital. And so the police were like, hey, let's fucking look into this guy again, right? Mm-hmm. So they arrest him and they tried him for the murders twice. The first time resulted in a hung jury and the second time he was acquitted. Interesting. Because they didn't have enough evidence other than his like recanted confession. Exactly. Hmm. And like he was at the children's day parade. He liked little girls. Maybe. Mm. All yeah, those things. Maybe he did that. But also you had like fucking four other serial killers that killed people with axes and they were like, nah, it's totally this guy that just looks at chicks. Yeah, that's so weird. And like not to say just looks at chicks. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how about these other guys who are, like, actively killing people at the same time with the same M.O., huh? Mm. Have a track record. Maybe. Yeah. 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 So technically, this case is still unsolved, and the house is still standing, and like I said, is a fucking tourist attraction now. Oh, God, that's crazy. Also, like, it's cases like this that I would be very interested if there were any, like, I'm sure it's so old, there'd be no DNA evidence left whatsoever, but, like, if... A body were exhumed and DNA evidence were found and to do that ancestral DNA shit. Oh, God, that'd be so interesting. Well, could you imagine? Because you wouldn't even know the murderer now. No, like Like, you're so far removed. Yeah. If the murderer was in your family, it would be like, oh, it was your great, great grandpa. So like I said, a lot of places covered it. This house is actually featured on an episode of Ghost Adventures. It's on Scariest Places on Earth. It's on The Most Terrifying Places in America damn and i mean like i said it's super fucking haunted i watched one video and i don't know if i believe it or not okay let's hear it okay and it's not that i don't believe what happened in the video i believe what happened in the video okay so they're like oh we're just playing with a ball oh god ball with the kids yeah yeah and they like roll a ball out and then it like Ooh, where's it gonna go and And then then it like turns back around or whatever it either turns back around or it like makes a path over here you know Uh uh-huh the only reason that I'm bringing it up at all is because there was one time where it was like, all right, balls don't do that. What do like, I do? That's fucking weird. So it's a wood floor. Yeah. And then in my life, like wood floors are never fucking level, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. like they're always like kind of kinked or bowed to where it's like, ooh, see, it's not the floor because it's like going this way now. Like, no, maybe it just hit a fucking divot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or one of the nails that fucking Sandy didn't put down all the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so they roll the ball out and the ball goes and it starts to like kind of swirl and then it like goes to the side and then it comes back and then it's just like, like it's moving in very different ways. It's not just sporadic. Yeah, sporadic. It's not just like on doing this and it like speeds up and slows down. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, it was really weird. Oh. But also the people doing it were like. I don't know, just having like a normal conversation and then like rolling the ball. It'd be like if you and me were doing it and uh-huh. we're like, oh, let's do this. And then we started and then we're like, anyway, what'd you have for lunch? Da, 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 and like rolling the ball. And I'm like, did you just fucking see that though? Like, oh shit, I forgot we we're supposed to be paying attention to this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh. And then they'd like stop it to be like, oh, I'm just going to grab it. But the girl filming would be like, why are you fucking touching it? Like it was totally just doing some shit right now. And they're like, oh, oh sorry. Oops. And there was one time where like a guy walked in and the ball like kind of shot towards him. Oh God. To be like, oh, I want to play with this fucking guy. Oh God, fuck that. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, so was, thank you. It was a little fucking weird, but also... Oh, creeps me out. I'm a super skeptic, and so I was like, mm, mm, who knows? It's explainable. I love how I'm totally into, like, dead people and shit, and that kind of shit. I'm like, nope, no thank you. <laughs> like, I don't want to go into anyone's murdered house and play with their murdered children. Right? I just don't. 
No, I and don't I either. And it's so weird because like my own beliefs or whatever, I don't think they're like malicious or anything. They're just like fucking spirits hanging out, whatever. Like, yeah, I'll fucking roll this ball for you. Won't that be cool? Yeah, but I don't like the idea that they can like touch shit. Yeah, or like manipulate it or... Yeah. And even that, I kind of believe, but it just freaks me out. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't know. I also don't know how many of those videos I believe because I have the same exact thoughts as you and it's so interesting that we're having this conversation because literally last night I was going to the bathroom in my bathroom mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> and my son had left a truck in the bathroom mm-hmm. and I kicked it kind of or whatever and it rolled back like behind the toilet or whatever and I picked it up and I put it again by the front of the door like when I leave I'm gonna take this with me and I set it down and it stayed for a minute and then it started to roll down back to where I had just picked it up from. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is why people fucking think spirits are playing with them. Like, the floors are just incredibly unlevel. Like, I'm obviously getting foundation work on my house, and that made me think, oh, my house must slope that way or some shit because right? it rolled so easily. Yeah. But, like, you could you look at my floors, and they don't look like they're sloping, especially in the bathroom when you're looking at such a small plane or a small area. But it, and it obviously does because the toy rolls so easily. Exactly. It's so weird, though, that I thought about this. Literally yesterday. Yeah. Well, and the murders happened in 1912. So the house was built. Let's give it 12 years, right? Yeah, yeah. In 1900. You don't think in the last fucking, I don't know, 120 years that the room might have sloped a little? I know, (laughs) right? Oh, yeah. There's probably not a fucking square right angle in that house. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's in Iowa. Like, there's weather. So these wood (laughs) floors have probably, like, shifted and warped a little bit. Yeah. Very true. Interesting. Yeah. Goddamn. Goddamn. Creepy. Also, you can stay overnight in the house for the low, low price of, like, 470 bucks. No, I don't need to. Yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. No, thank you. I don't want to either. I like my bed. In fact, I'm going to need you to walk me out to my car after these two conversations tonight so I can sleep in my bed tonight. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um. Also, also, yeah. I was like reading the tour fucking website and stuff and it was like, don't worry, there's a fucking bathroom and running water and electricity in the barn. Oh, good. And I was like, oh, good. You just have to fucking, you're staying the night in this murder house with no. ghosts in it. And you're like, oh, I got to pee. Let oh, me just go no. outside. People are nuts. Yeah, no thanks. No, I'm out. Fuck that. When I was like fucking 16, I probably would have loved the idea of that. I love the idea of it, but I'm not going to pay you to shit my pants. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. So anyway. Well, goddamn. Goddamn. Interesting. Yeah. Anyone in Iowa that has stayed the night there, fucking. Let us know. Yeah. Shoot us some pics. Yeah. Email us. Tell us what you fucking saw. Because apparently people see shit and hear shit all the time. It's like one of the the most haunted places. That's insane. Yeah. Makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, lady. If you guys want to check out pictures pertaining to our cases, you know where you can find those at our website, isgdpodcast.com. Erin just judged me so hard. I didn't. I just didn't know where you were going with it. And then you started off as a song, but it didn't end there. <laughs> anyway, isgdpodcast.com. We also have links to our Patreon and our merch. <gasps> but I was going to tell you that right after we published that Patreon episode, 
I saw a news article from pretty recent that the Lindsay Buziak case. Yeah. There's a petition going around to sign to have the Saanich Police Department no longer on the case. So like the police, you know how I was saying they're pretty fucking sketch. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a petition going around saying like let the fucking FBI or somebody else take over because it's obviously been cold for too long and you need to solve it. Oh, shit. (gasps) Isn't that crazy? Right after I just did it. You should link that shit to the website. I should. I'll sign it. Okay. Sign it right now. I was going to like fucking tweet it out and everything and I had everything ready and then babies and life and shit. Yeah. Do you guys know how many fucking social media messages I'm about to hit send on and then like something blows up in my life and then I forget about it and I lose the draft? Literally, I do that just texting you back. Yes. You're like, want to hang out this weekend? And I'm like, oh, here's the thing about this weekend. Let me tell you all about my day and all these fucking things and answer your questions. And then I get to work and then I'm like, why didn't she ever respond? And then I look (laughs) and I'm like, oh, I never sent it. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's our website. And then also you can email us, isgdpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And you can tell us case suggestions or just be like, what's up, ladies? Having a blast. Later, Mm -hmm. losers. (laughs) <laughs> um and then social media at isgd podcast we're on instagram facebook twitter come join our facebook group uh-huh the goddamn pod group crushed it nailed it <laughs> it is so fun there oh my gosh there's fucking you all are amazing it's such a great community it is i it's, actually love it a lot i feel like an old lady saying that but seriously it's so fun it takes up a majority of my life just reading all the posts same season and then i feel bad because i'm like oh my god it's actually like fucking popular or whatever like people post a lot of shit so yeah. i'm like i didn't see this one from i know like a week literally ago. i know it's kind of exciting i know i love it uh so you guys keep it up you're awesome come join us what else uh you're gonna have to do the p.o box because even though you sing it every week i still don't fucking know it <laughs> Well, you hardly ever send me stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So you can snail mail us at P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Is that it? I think that's everything, everybody. Subscribe, rate, and review, please. Oh, yeah. That's like the coolest one, and I always forget. Samesies. By the way, we've been getting some awesome love lately. You guys are amazing. Aw, thank you. People just reaching out and being like, hey, just found you, enjoying it, whatever. You have no idea how much we love those. Yeah, I saw those recently. I know. It's like we haven't gotten them in so long. I know. (laughs) I was like, I wonder if someone, like one person was like pimping us out to their friends and these are all their friends. Ooh, maybe. I love it. I do too. So thank you. And good night. See you next week. Or whatever time it is for you. Yeah, next week. Bye, guys. Bye. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from Murder and More podcast. Hi guys, Kira from Murder and More here. I am the solo host of the UK-based true crime podcast where each Sunday I tell you about a murder, disappearance or serial killer and I even have a conspiracy theory thrown in there. You can find us on Twitter at Murder and More or head over to our website www.murderandmorepodcast.wordpress.com to find out more.